Hello everyone, here is Daniel Budai with a new episode of our e-commerce podcast and uh, today I'm here with Steve Appleton and he's the founder and CEO of Really Good E-Bikes, a very telling name for an e-bike company and uh, today he will share his story in our podcast. He's uh, based in Playa del Carmen, Mexico, very popular in the e-commerce space nowadays. Uh, hey Steve, how are you today? Good morning. Nice, I'm good. Amazing. So I think uh, let's start with your story because last time you shared it with me and I think uh, it's a unique story because uh, I think in e-commerce, most people, they start out, you know, when they are in their 20s or something like that. I can see so many young guys, but you started later. And yeah. uh, what, what was your initial motivation to get started? Yeah, it's true. I had a career in uh, real estate uh, development and um you know, I was, I was never an entrepreneur, but I could see, you know, I was in my mid fifties and I knew my job wasn't going to last forever. And I felt like I needed to take more control of my financial future. And I could, and I wasn't finding any, you know, through my network, I wasn't finding a new job. Uh, and so I, I decided to look up online and see how, how you can make money online. And, and I thought that would, I didn't want to work for anyone. I wanted to be my own boss, you know? So I started this journey, you know, reading the four hour work week and listening to Pat Flynn's smart passive income podcast and just, uh, you know, really work figuring out what, what it meant to be, uh, you know, an, entrepreneur and an online uh, entrepreneur at that. So it took a while before I actually landed on the dropship model and, and built the store that I run now. I, I explored like Amazon FBA and subscription box. And it was like, at one point it was every day I had a new business idea and it was just got very exhausting. So it was good when I finally picked a, a business model and stuck with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know the feeling when, you start out and uh, there are so many different business models. Everyone, they claim that their own model is the best. Uh, Amazon, uh, dropshipping, Shopify, maybe even software, info products. So there are so many options. It's just very hard to see uh, which one is the best for you. Um, and when you started, you had uh, entrepreneur friends or you, you didn't really have? No, not really. I, I think I, um, I, well, I joined one course called the foundation, uh, that was run by Dane Maxwell. And, uh, and, you know, I built up a community of, of, uh, friends and beginning entrepreneurs through, you know, like their online, their Facebook group. And that was really helpful. And then I also joined dropship lifestyle, which is a course teaching dropshipping and, and they had a very active, um, Facebook group. So I developed, um, friendships through um those programs and their communities and then ultimately uh joined uh, the dynamite circle a few years ago which is uh the community uh associated with tropical mba podcast and so that's been my primary um uh center for like you know friends in the entrepreneurial community uh you know location independent entrepreneurs i think the dc has been my is my main focus now. Although I still act, I'm active in a several other business groups online. Yeah. So 
you find these groups and uh, communities really helpful, right? And yeah, uh, yeah, it's almost essential, really. I mean, it's it's a lonely path to to become an entrepreneur at any age, you know, because you really are building something from nothing and and creating something of value on your own or you know with others, but you have to recognize your own you know contribution to that effort and. And uh, yeah, if you can have uh, people to mastermind with, that's really important or close friends who you can bounce ideas off of and just, um, yeah, it really helps, you know, have a coach, pay for coaching, be coached, you know, coach others. Yeah, I think somebody said this uh, th 33% principle, maybe Ty Lopez, but what he said, I... I don't follow him much, his content, but I like this one. He said, you should spend 33% of your time with people who are higher level than you, maybe mm. a coach yeah. who coaches you. 33% who is on the same level, they are usually friends. And 33% yeah. who are, uh, you know, just starting out and who yeah. are newer to this than you. And maybe you can even coach them. And each yeah. three levels, uh, they give you different things and value. So, yeah. I like this one. I um, like it. Yeah, no, I think that sounds but, about right. And and if you move up the scale, like from beginner, now you're intermediate and you'll see that your group changes and the people you look up to change and, and the things you never thought you could do, now you're doing and you're coaching others and how to do it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I know how lonely it can be when you just uh, start out and... Uh, you don't because I was in the same shoes. I didn't have entrepreneur friends when I started out. And uh, actually, I flew to California and to Boston with a bag, not knowing anyone. I, I went to conferences uh, and I hope that I will meet someone. And actually, I made a lot of friends. So, um, yeah, at the beginning, it's not easy to find uh, like minded people. But I think these uh, communities and events, these are amazing too to meet, uh, you know, different people in e-commerce. So, yeah. yeah. And um, so you tried different things. And then how did you come up with the idea of your current business? And how did you get started? Right. So, um, so about five years ago, I, you know, as I said, I was bouncing around from business idea to business, business model to business model and found Dropship Lifestyle course, signed up for it. They had a 21 day start your store program. So I went through that. It took me a little longer than 21 days, but I had a store, you know, I picked a niche, uh, so to speak, you know, a category that I want to focus on, a uh, product category, and uh, found suppliers and opened my store and uh, got my first sale. And that um, happened. The first sale occurred in the same week that I got laid off from the job that I'd had for 10 years. And, and, didn't know what I would, you know, I knew it was going to come to an end. It, it was, I could see the writing on the wall. The company was going to, and did implode. And so it was just that moment where I got that first sale. It was momentous, you know, because I'd worked for it for so long to, I mean, it's cliche, but to go from zero to one is so massive. And, and at that point, I just said, I'm all in no more bosses. Um, I'm just going to dedicate myself a hundred percent to, this effort and, and build this store, you know, and that's what I've done for the last five years. Yeah. And uh, I know your average order value is, is higher than usual. Like 
you sell e-bike uh, e-bikes right so uh, they... it is high ticket correct i mean there are there are categories that are you know higher than what i sell but yeah my average order value is about $1500 my you know yeah. i have bikes for under a thousand and i have ones for 8000 so um but yeah but the average is around 1500 yeah that's why uh, i think the first sale i'm sure it was a big moment because you know when you sell a beauty product for uh, i don't know 30 dollars it's different of course mm. it's great but still uh, you have much less volume of orders but your uh, product is high ticket so it's different yeah um, it is. Why, why, why did you choose this kind of product not some cheaper product like you know most e-commerce folks well the course that i took was focused on high ticket um there are reasons why i mean there are for sure you can buy phone cases for $10 online and the companies who are selling them have to sell thousands of units per month to make a profit whereas high ticket it's a different uh, different kind of product different sales approach you know you, you use content marketing you're it, it, in my case it takes uh, sometimes i have to nurture the relationship with a customer over the course of several days or weeks and several touch points you know whether it's a phone email chat um to get them to the point where you know they know like and trust me and they think that I'm the one they should buy it from even though there's a lot of competitors who are selling the same products and so yeah um but yeah high ticket just there's some benefits to it uh but it is a different sales process than uh you know uh a 20 or 30 dollar uh widget that you know is advertised on Facebook or is uh, overlo import i mean there's you know online uh, e-commerce has different categories and so i'm in that high ticket dropship category yeah yeah i think that's still a big opportunity like i think people underestimate high ticket e-commerce um oh, it's a great opportunity i think it's uh it's it it's it's just a business model so um you know uh, people are used to online shopping now amazon isn't the only game in town people uh, are looking for alternative specialists uh, specialty uh companies that can like for instance you know i write a lot of content which is informational in nature teaching people about the different components of e-bikes and how to shop for them and and the pros and cons of different motor systems or the things you should look for with brakes mechanical or hydraulic so i write a lot of um non-commercial content and i mean mm -hmm. it's all with uh, you know seo in mind right so you you re you know so google has a you know their algorithms are looking for a certain mix of informational and commercial content and yes i'm a e-commerce site it's the purpose is to sell but to um achieve what's you know referred to as topical authority in the niche you need to um have content that answers the widest range of questions that are posed in the you know in google search and um so that's been a big focus of mine uh to uh you know grow the site grow the traffic yeah 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 and uh how so i'm Amazon how relevant is in this space like high ticket e-commerce and e-bikes is it because i i think it's less uh, relevant in this category than in lower ticket e-commerce is it you right mean, or the, not uh, Amazon 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, um, there are quite a few uh, brands that are selling e-bikes on Amazon, and they typically mm-hmm. are the cheaper ones under a thousand. Mm-hmm. But now, even now, some of my suppliers also sell their own products on Amazon, and it's just a mess. It really is a messy market because ideally, in for drop shippers, one of the rules when I started, one of the rules was. You don't work with suppliers who allow Amazon or eBay third-party platform sales. You want to have products that aren't available on those massive platforms, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so, but now um, everyone is just like bottom feeders, you know, and they're, they sell on their, they're the supplier, right? They're the ones I sell through. I need them to be able to sell the product. And yet they're also my competitor. They have their own DTC you know, direct to consumer website and they're selling on Amazon and, and often undercutting map, which is, you know, minimum advertised price policies and they're undercutting their own pricing. It's just very short-sighted. And, and, you know, I mean, it's the kind of suppliers that you get. It's a very fractured market in some ways, e-bikes, because, you know, you have the cheap ones on Amazon, you have drop shippers like me, but there are a lot of brands that won't allow me to, carry their products because I don't have a physical store, brick and mortar and a warehouse and uh, inventory and that sort of thing. So there's an anti-dropship bias, I think, in the marketplace. And then mm-hmm. and then you have specialty stores that are selling bikes for ten dollars and $15,000. So it is a, a very wide uh, ranging marketplace. Yeah, interesting. Um... And uh, you mentioned articles and SEO. So is it your main channel to get uh, new visitors on the website or you do you use Facebook ads, Instagram ads, maybe, I don't know, something else? Yeah, no, I don't really do too much social and I don't do uh, PPC paid ads. I used to, I've run several uh, campaigns and have hired agencies to help run ads and they've never really performed well enough to justify this, the, uh, the expense. And I've always been of the, you know, feeling like, well, paid is one thing, but it's like going to the, you know, going to the casino or, and, and every day you're spending money and it may return or may not, but SEO is more like an investment. You write that thing and it could be evergreen content that lasts for much longer than that daily ad spend. Right. So that's always yeah. been my bias. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I do email, um, marketing my demographic tends to be older like baby boomers and so email is still effective but my traffic is like mobile is now more than 50 percent mobile and google's mobile first search so you know you design for mobile you have your desktop but the people who are shopping my demographic they want to talk to you they want to call and that's good thing because that way we can you know create a relationship with them and and help them ease their way down the funnel and you can close them a lot better if you get them on the phone. Right. So for me, yeah. that's been the most effective marketing tool is to, um, right. So we, I'm sorry, I skipped, jumped around a bit, but yes, I mean, SEO content, I publish a lot of very focused content. Um, and then, uh, trying to get people to call is the, like the main, uh, uh, CTA or whatever, uh, to, mm-hmm. because once I can get them on the phone, then I can really help them, uh, make through the decision-making process. Yeah. Makes sense. 
I'm not an SEO pro, but I guess to use long tail keywords in your articles and, uh, and there's, you know. a, there's several different strategies that people recommend. You know, I, I'm a, you know, Brian Dean is one you know, with Backlinko. He publishes a lot of really helpful information mm -hmm. about um, content. I mean, SEO has, there's a lot of different aspects of SEO. So you have your on-site, your technical SEO, you need to have, you know, meta descriptions and all takes and all yeah. that stuff. But, uh, and then, you know, also having a backlink strategy and how do you go about getting backlinks? That's a, a challenge, right? But um, so, but for me, I, I publish a lot of content to achieve topical authority, you know, in my niche. So I'm using answer the public. I'm looking at Google. I'm doing keyword research, you know, looking at the, you know, like just in the search results, you can see, you know, they, people also search. You can ask the public, people also ask. And so you get a list of a couple hundred questions around your subject matter and you answer them all in FAQs and articles. Um, and yeah, so I have a couple, I rank for pretty high for some of my most important keywords, like, you know, fat tire, electric bike and folding electric bike. And some are more challenging, but, you know, keywords where there's a lot more competition, but that's been my approach. Yeah. 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 I'm also a huge fan of Google and SEO actually with my agency, we have, we have the same path, let's say, because for many, for many months, we, and years, we uh, were, you know, discovering ads, think about ads all the time, because that's, you can, that, that's what you can see so many times. But uh, in the meantime, on Google, we became bigger and bigger. We could see that more people search for us every month. And we just realized it, that maybe that money should be spent into Google and SEO. And now I think we will focus more on that than ads. Also, it seems to be more sustainable. Do you think it's more uh, sustainable? Because, you know, there are algorithm changes and all of that, but does it really affect or not really? You know, you know it's very hard to say what's sustainable. Whenever you're uh, platform dependent in any manner, even, you know, people think like selling on Amazon, they can shut you out without any reason. They, that's their platform, you know, and you're... Uh, a guest. And um, it's the same with, you know, to some extent with Google, um, uh, like e-bikes, for example, I, I, I wasn't running ads, my buddy was, and he got banned because they have this mm -hmm. rule that, you know, they can't exceed a certain speed limit based on the European standard, but we're in America and, and the standard's different, but the Google has a policy against certain speed right so um he got banned and couldn't run ads and mm. was forced to do seo um so i think having a diverse uh uh sources of traffic you know um good seo is helpful having backlinks from uh, authoritative sites doing the hard work of building relationships with you know influencers so that they um, uh, represent you in, uh, in, uh, whether it's Instagram or TikTok or you, or get out there and start a podcast or get on YouTube. You have to find for in, in you have to find a way to differentiate, differentiate yourself in a crowded marketplace, right? By it's not just going to be running ads. It's not just going to be 
publishing yeah. articles, but you have to try to what what is your you know unique value proposition, right? And and I have so many competitors, and we're all selling the same product and uh, with the same pictures, and so it's difficult to set yourself apart, you know, and find a unique marketing strategy that will maybe you have to go into the forums, Reddit, or you know, where did where are your customers hanging out? Where do they get their information from and join those, you know, communities. Yeah. 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 I, I, I really agree, especially in your niche where, uh, it's, it really depends on a personal relationship, like higher ticket e-commerce. So, um, yeah, because running ads, uh, it's the lazy way, right? Like everyone can set up ads and spend some money. Mm. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Positioning ourselves differently than competitors and knowing how we are unique compared to others yeah i'm really curious you mentioned phone calls and how do you manage those because i guess they are in your emails the, your phone number and then maybe they can book a call with you or they can directly call you or how does it work yeah uh well the website has the phone number on every product page and in the logo it's you know it's the you know trying to get them to call and the phone, I use a VOIP, Mighty Call is the service, and they have a, a web phone desk, a desktop mm -hmm. app that I have open when I have my laptop open and it rings and and I answer. I I'm, uh, have a VA and she's in training to answer, but so for the last five years, the phone, an I answer the phone. And if the laptop is closed, I have a mobile app, the same, uh, so it'll ring through to my phone and I'll answer it. And uh and if, you know, weekends included, right? So if I'm, you know, if I'm not, you know, I'll turn it off from time to time, but more often than not, it's turned on and, and uh, you know, if people call, I take the call, you know, and that's, yeah. that's been one of the, it's, it's not easy. Uh, it breaks a lot of the rules, but it's been the thing that people really appreciate that they know that I just pulled to the side of the road and, stopped everything to take their call and spend 30 or 40 minutes with them on the phone. And then they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to buy it from you. I trust you, you know, and that just takes work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like this approach and, uh, you put your uh, personality into this as well. And I think people, they really appreciate it. It's very rare. Like I think well, yeah. In, in the beginning, when I in the course and everything, they were saying hi, everyone was hiding behind their websites, you know, they didn't use yeah. their name, they didn't want to disclose who they yeah. were, you know, and, and at one point, it, it, you know, dawned on me, or I got coached in it, it's like, why not just put yourself out there as the person in front of this thing that you're, you know, and take ownership of it. And, and I said, Yeah, and I wrote a book, The Beginner's Guide to E-Bikes, and I got it published on Amazon, right? It's up there. And so, and I put my picture on my homepage and my name on all over the website. So yeah, I just decided, fine, it's my thing. I'm just going to put my name on it and take pride and ownership in it, you know? And if people want to challenge me, bring it on. It's a tough niche, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um yeah, just last week, I uh, want, I reached out to a company. They sell helmets for bikers mm. and uh, they also sell higher ticket products. Not as, I think they are around uh, two, three, four hundred dollars per item, something like that. 
and uh, I wanted to reach out to them. And actually, I could book a call on the website. And, you know, I, I uh, expected some form or something to fill out. They will ask a few questions and so on, but nothing. Like, I could book the call. I couldn't call them directly, but at least I could book a call. And this was the first time ever I could see something like that. I was surprised, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, uh, I think that's great if you can directly talk to the founders or if the company is bigger, an employee, but still it's uh, easy to um, contact them. It's they important don't hide. to remove the friction. If, if, if contacting the customer is the thing, just think about how, how much better it is to reach a live operator uh, than to have to book a call, you know, and you, you can hire uh, people, uh, all, you know, my VAs in Dominica, you could hire a Philippine company to answer the phone any time of day or night, you know, and uh, uh, yeah, I just happen to do it myself, but that, you know, there are other people who can do the same thing and answer most of the questions with a little yeah. training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have only one more question to you. So what would be your number one tip to those people who wants to start out with e-commerce, maybe higher ticket e-commerce, maybe they are hesitating for months, years. What would you tell them? Yeah, I'd say it's a, it's a great business model. It's, it's not too difficult to figure out. I think it's important to find a really good product category, spend a lot of time looking into it, researching it uh, before you commit to it. And there are criteria uh, published about you know, how, to, how to pick a good niche and so forth. And then, um, yeah, Shopify is a, a great tool and, and uh, you can, um, yeah, it's a viable niche. I mean, it's a viable uh, uh, drop shipping works. You know, there are other uh, business models that perhaps have a higher growth potential. I always point people to uh, MJ DeMarco's uh, Millionaire Fastlane uh, book, and and it's uh, very neatly summarized in a YouTube video, Six Minutes, where he narrates the summary of the book. And it it shows how dropshipping and other like platform-dependent uh, business models are not s- nearly as scalable as other types. And so if you asked me five years ago, I might have said, yeah, software as a service might be something better where you can dig a deeper moat where the competition is not, where it's more difficult to get in. You're solving a real hard problem and it's hard for other people to compete against you because you cracked the nut that was so difficult, right? And drop shipping is in that way. It has a low barrier to entry and and um, it's, so it's easy to get into, but you'll have a lot of uh, novice competition, which uh, can be annoying. So, yeah, that's, I guess, my final thought. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Steve. That's amazing. Uh, thanks for sharing your uh, story today. It was very exciting to, to listen to it. And thanks, everyone, who watched the live stream now or uh, later uh, will listen to the podcast. And uh, one more thing, if you like this uh, episode, then make sure you Uh, comment below on social media you give us a review on the podcasting platforms also in the descriptions i will add all of the links that we mentioned today really good bikes uh, steve's company and also i will add a uh, 50 point checklist for email marketing 
It's free and everyone can go and download it. Uh, we try to help e-commerce companies with their email marketing. And uh, thanks again, Steve and everyone who listened to us. All right. Thank you very much, Daniel.